Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, CL1 Lou. Everybody's trying to emulate me, but there's only one me. Damn, that's hard. All right. We have a really simple episode. Yeah. Really simple episode. This is probably going to be real short, but knowing us and how loquacious we are. No. Oh. Uh, it's not going to be short, probably. No, no. But we watched, I watched, we both watched. Yeah, I watched it yesterday during my walk. Oh, cool. Yeah, so literally at like 10. You'll, uh, YouTuber Colt Caparoon is kind of going through this face where he's being defensive right now. I don't know what's going on. I didn't notice <laughs> People, that. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. going through this like defensive thing right now. But I think one of them, one of his defensive videos was actually pretty informative. And I think that we should pull out the nuance of it. So we're yeah. going to like take a note from his videos. He talked about how I got my gear. How I got my gear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did I get it? And in his video, he talked about his story, about how he got his gear and how he was able to, because everybody in the comments is basically just making fun of him. It's like, yeah, you trust fun baby or something like that. And it was kind of like being defensive. Um, first off, don't, don't feed the trolls. Yeah. Don't give energy to the trolls. That's, that's, uh, don't let that. Unless that's you're on a, Reddit, because then you, you'd find some pretty interesting responses. Yeah. On troll back, troll back. Anyway, troll back. um, Remember that there are psychopaths in this world that find enjoyment out of you emotionally react to their ob- like purposefully well badly oh, poor opinions. I know you don't watch South Park, but there's actually a, a, a series of episodes where exactly that is the case, where one of the dads is the troll, but he does it behind closed doors. Like, oh yeah, honey, I'm working late, but he goes into his office to troll and he gets off on the reactions. Yeah, because it's almost like it can't, I can can see it being like a, 
like a superiority thing. Like you're yeah. watching people being unable to control their their emotions and just reacting yeah. to whatever you say and you just feel so in superior to them yeah. because you're like, I'm, make, I'm, you, I'm manipulating them over words. Nine times out of 10, mm-hmm. like anytime you like even go to the people who are writing these things, um, sometimes they're real people who have just their own opinion and that's cool. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But most times it's a troll account too, like no followers, yeah. no anything, no posts. It's like, dude, don't waste your time with somebody who hides in the shadows. Yeah. So uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, that was un, uh, unrelated. Well, yeah, see, I told you that we're gonna make this episode longer. So loquacious. We're gonna do our own thing about how <laughs> so loquacious. Uh, we're gonna do uh, this episode about how um, lessons that we learned, like not really our story, as much as a guide to how you should think about spending money, how mm-hmm. you should think about building your business, um, building the assets for your business. What's um, worked for us and what we hope for. Yeah, what's worked for us, what we wish we didn't do, things that we wish we knew earlier, um, and practical advice as well. Yeah. So, for example, this is something that we're going to start backwards here and then we're going to start from the beginning. I'm huge, huge on living within your means. In fact, living less than your means. Mm -hmm. I am big on you can live in LA, make only $40,000 a year. And if you live very frugally using all your coupons, Mm -hmm. not getting and and really restraining, making all of your meals, you can still save money. Yeah. It could be quite, and once you start doing that, like it's actually not that difficult to do so. Um, but again, most Amer- for some reason in America, we have this big consumerist culture where they believe that going to Starbucks a couple times a day and spend, I spend like 10 cents on coffee because I make it myself, you know, yeah. for a cup and it's like versus five or six bucks twice a day. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just insane. Anyway, um, number one, so that's my thing. So it's like, I don't think, for example, uh, I would even say not even nine out of 10 times, but 99 out of a hundred times. Um, the, the idea, the concept that poor people pay cash, rich people borrow money. Mm -hmm. That 99 times out of a hundred is probably some of the worst advice ever. Now, obviously there are situations, but America has this thing where if you don't, Dude, it's we're just debt ridden, all of us. Yeah. And it's just insane. So one of the things that we will never ever recommend, ever, especially in our industry, is to go into debt for gear. Yeah. That is the first thing that we're gonna talk about. Like it is never acceptable. Do not ever rationalize it. I condemn you to do it. Um, this is not an industry where you buy the gear and the clients will come. That is not it. People learned about that going into debt for Atmos and they got an Atmos rig and then all of a sudden it's like, where's the clients? It's not one of those things. Yeah. People, the best time to get Atmos is if you have an overwhelming amount of clients that want Atmos and you're able to justify it by making money from it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not one of those things. Or you have an overwhelming amount of wealth and you literally have nothing better to do. Yes. I mean, we're not going to, we've talked about how We've talked about, wait, hold on. Wait a second. Hold, hold on. on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. yeah, I'll explain I'm it. I'll explain, explain it. it. But, but before you explain that, I, I was going to say the only exception to this, we've talked about how like getting a CL1B and a 1073 yep. with a Sony AC800G in a, in a commercial studio can help, yeah. but still it's not worth getting into debt for. No. It's not. You're not, you're in, your wages and your clientele is not going to increase so much that that was worth buying with debt. Yeah. But explain yourself. Well, hold okay. on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Go back. So if, if you're trying to justify the reason, it's like, oh, at my is a thing we should build a studio that has an atmos room 
Okay. Do we have the clientele for it right now? No. Okay. Do you have a, a clientele list that is going to be needing it if you could offer it? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, if you can financially afford to take that risk and actually jump in and build your own studio for it, and you're not betting on the clients are immediately going to come, but you can sit on it for six months while you develop the clientele because you don't currently have that network, then fine. But the best option usually in those cases is while you're building it out, you better go start finding those clients while it's being built immediately. Go to Atmos Studios and start assisting, making connections with some of the managers and everything and try taking some of the overloads to your studio but at that point that's only if you really have that level of abundance outside of that if you don't have that level of abundance you shouldn't even consider it unless you have the work already you shouldn't build a commercial studio unless you already have people who are willing to book from you did you mention uh, tax breaks tax breaks i didn't think we were going to get to this soon okay yeah well i mean if we're going to talk about that we should because that's the thing like because you're talking about Make the money first and then buy gear. Yeah. And the reason why that's really practical is because you don't go into debt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, not just the <laughs> debt thing, the practical part of not going to debt, but also depending on how you categorize. Again, we are not financial advisors. I have to preface that this is not financial advice. You should talk to your accountants. You should talk to um, anybody that helps with uh, what are they called? A CPA. CPA. You should talk to your CPA. You should figure out how you categorize. First off, um, you should register as a business in your state unless you live in California. Then register it in your aunt's state, your uncle's state, or your parent's state if they live out of state. Uh, Anywhere else other than California. Um, And uh, talk to your CPA. But most of the time, gear is a normal and regular business necessity. can count under normal and business uh, normal regular business operating necessities mm-hmm. and can be considered a tax break. So you can actually, uh, um, and the reason why in America, the reason why that's so important is because if you make profit, you will get taxed on that profit. So the less profit that you show at the end of the year, the less you're going to get taxed. Yeah. So it's either going to go basically, in other words, it's either going to go to an LA two way or to uncle Sam. Yeah. And I think we all agree that going to an LA two way is better. Is better. Yeah. Um, so that is really, really super practical. Again, not financial advice. Double Talk checking to a CPA. Everybody. If anything, if you tell them your estimated earnings even before the end of the tax year, they can usually give you some advice as hard as structure and how much to put aside. Yeah. Yeah. So that is really, really important. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the Twitch comments right now, which nobody else is going to see. I'm going to keep, I'm not, that laugh won't make any sense to anybody. Um, but, uh, It'll make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense to us. And I also choose LA two way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna. I think that's super practical. I don't think. I mean, it's it's that simple. I think that's like the thesis and the point of the entire thing is that when I don't know about you, I spent a now in retrospect. If I if with the knowledge that I have now, mm-hmm. I would be extremely anxious and uncomfortable with the amount of money, the percentage of my income that I was spending on gear as a younger kid. Yeah, I would agree with I that. I would never do that now as, I, a, as a 30-year-old. I think the only reason I can justify it for myself is because I did a lot of flipping. Like, I actually paid my rent flipping gear. Yeah, see, that, yeah. That, so that, that was the fun. only reason that I could justify it. Outside of that, the amount of gear I bought and sold, if it was strictly out of hobby and not for, like, actual being able to pay my rent doing it, not not worth it. This, except for the, I, I like the way uh, Colin has uh, 
uh, used his own case as an example where he's like, if I hadn't bought all the gear I didn't like, I wouldn't know why I didn't like it. You know, I, I, I understand that, but buying the gear just to buy gear because you think you're going to find more clients, it's never the case. Yeah. Don't waste your time with that. Um, also, I, I, one of the things that I did and um, I think more people should do, and we haven't talked about this in a while, but this is a quote from Brian Hood when he was doing Six Figure Home Studio with Chris Graham. Mm -hmm. They said, a trip to Ikea will bring you more clients than a trip to Sweetwater. It's absolutely <laughs> or true. Or just a trip to Guitar Center. They say. It's absolutely true. So focusing on the aesthetics. Mm -hmm. If you can get, whether it's at home, an office and home, or whether you, you are renting out a proper office, um, which is debatable in its own sense as well, mm -hmm. um, the aesthetics looking like you know what you're doing will help you gain more trust than <laughs> than anything else. Like the gear is a very small way of making it look like you know what you're doing, but if you have the lighting right, if you have mm -hmm. acoustic panels, if you got nice like carpets and rugs or whatever it is, nice I don't I don't know about wallpaper, but like if you can make if you look really clean, if you clean up your desk, if you clean up your room, mm -hmm. If you decorate and give it a vibe, that's going to uh, get you more clients than yeah. having an LA two-way. That's just how it goes. Better re uh, better ROI significantly. Significantly. Yeah, and that's kind of like uh, when you see a lot of people like building their studios, they never make a request of like, I just need a few panels. You know, they, they usually like, I want the neon lights. I want to have like my desk over here and I want it to have like these stands for my speakers. I want, it's a lot of like aesthetic choices because they want to feel a certain vibe in the room. And we're like, or like another one that's very specific. I like yeah. to record completely butt ass naked. So we need oh to have curtains. Oh my God. Yes. That happened to me. And it was amazingly hilarious and confusing at the same time. I did not know what to do. There you go. By the way, that client <sighs> was me. <laughs> and there was no curtains. <laughs> and the lights were on. Just shaking my ass at Lou. And as the I want mic him. wasn't even in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, you ever seen Psyche K with the uh with the with the guy that can see ghosts? Yeah. yeah the, he's like, Oh, there's a ghost over here. He's just drinking water. There's a ghost over here shaking his butt in your face. And there's a ghost over here. Hold on, what is the guy next to my face? <laughs> That's what it was like. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's a... Anyway. There was some wiggle room, we'll just say. <laughs> uh, sorry, tangent. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, uh, healthy ways of... <laughs> Shut the... It was a real raw recording. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Um, we're going to continue to talk about how you should be considering spending your money. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> Part of it like comes down to the idea of like, you know, everybody earns their money in a different way. Everybody uh, can pay for different things at a certain, uh, I guess, price point in payments or in cash, things like that. One, of, There's a bunch of different like, I guess, options out there, including like one of my favorite options is Zounds. We're not sponsored by them, but I've used them definitely a lot. For instance, uh, sometimes you need a piece of gear for a project. That makes sense. And if the project is worth a certain amount of money to you, then it could actually make sense buying it. Uh, a good example is we had like a big name artist come in with like a live band. We had to track uh, the live recordings for concerts that they were 
planning. Um, and the production company was willing to pay me enough to where it actually made sense. They're like, well, we need a base amp to rent. I'm like, okay. I went and bought a base amp and I rented it to them. And the nice thing is I was able to return the base amp. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, you're, there's going to be expenses where you might have to incur something. Maybe you go to a rental company, rent it. In my case, it was actually pretty easy to actually like return it, which is nice. I did that for um, Nam a couple of years ago. I, I rented like a handheld recorder and I used it for the weekend and I returned it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, I'm not, I'm not saying like the, the cheat code is buy and return. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually, you can get into a lot of trouble yeah, with that. You can, you can get, get banned from a company for that. Yeah. Uh, Best Buy is pretty famous for doing that. Um, but, um, point is this, like, I understand that sometimes you need the gear, which, uh, funny enough in the referenced, uh, example, Colt, um, he did make the 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 communication that a lot of times the money invested was for, you know, what can help me make more money. But it was more practical things like, okay, I'm going to start running shows. I'm going to do front of house. Oh, I need a couple more 57s for guitars. Cool. But it wasn't, I need a line array system for guitars. It wasn't like exponential things that would have like put you into extreme debt. And he even says, I would not recommend it. And it was because of the help that I got. A similar way to get a similar sense of help is Zounds. They have a... there, I think it's like three months, no credit check payment thing, kind of like Sweetwater. But what's not openly communicated is as long as you do the first two purchases and make all the payments on time and you keep it like that, they will actually make it 12 months, no credit check, instant approval. They have, um, they have like in-house credit scores. Exactly. Like if you start faulting on your payment, they won't give you that option back. They'll yeah. have you wait the next couple purchases. Again, that's not something that we recommend at all. Yeah, but at if it's- all. If you can't yeah. pay, in the words of, who was it? Was it 50 cent? No. Who was it? I don't remember. But there's uh, a rapper, if you can't buy it ten, uh, If you can't buy it 10 times over- No, no, uh, no. If you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. Hmm. If you can't buy two, I know Akon said if he can't buy it ten times. Yeah, but then again, their their number of wealth is pretty impressive yeah. either way. But uh, the way I look at it is like if you had six hundred dollars right now and you could afford to pay for it, but let's say it would take two more months worth of waiting, but the project is now and you have an opportunity to make nine hundred dollars from the project. Maybe taking on $100 a month for eight months isn't the worst option because you can at least pay down a chunk of it and just go down to 20 what 30 if that? Bucks, what whatever. if that session gets canceled last minute? What if that project gets no, no, canceled no, last I minute? I get it. That happens all I the totally time. It. Yeah. Literally happens all the time. You buy a yeah. house, you think you're going to rent it out. Turns out the first guy that you rented to is a squatter and now you're just fucked. You get a car Damn, to put it on Turo. You yeah. get a car to put it on Turo. The person, it's insured, but the third driver crashes the car and all yep. of a sudden you can't make income and you have to keep making the car payments. Yep. It's not. Not Wait, worth it. It's somebody's not, worth not it. getting gap insurance. No, well, I mean, it expires after a certain point. I don't exactly know, but the point is because the third driver is, on Toro, that's pretty early. The point is, yeah. the point is, is that nothing is a hundred percent. Nothing is for yeah. certain, and you got to make if sure you that cannot, you're if you cannot afford to make the payments. Yeah, if if someone squats or someone's unable to pay rent, then. Yep. You should not go into debt to buy that condo, house, yeah. apartment, or whatever it is. Like yeah, that's don't just go into that, the studio that is. without the client. So I mean, this is something that uh, Dave Ramsey talks about a lot as well. Like people don't assume that everybody's going to pay rent every month. Yeah. Like don't any and he's like anybody that has experience with real estate knows not to consider that. Like yeah. be aware that you have to have savings just in case shit hits the fan, or you have to be able to afford being able to pay it yourself if you need to. Yeah. Anyway, um, things of that nature. Uh. Okay, let's go back to the topic of how you do this. Mm -hmm. um, another thing as well is that 
I don't think you should be ashamed for having a day job. Nope. Um, I think the pros to having a day job is that there's less financial stress. You can continue to build your clientele with the people that you want to work with. And You're not have forced. fun with it. How you can keep it fun, easier to keep it fun, rather than forcing yourself to work with clients you don't like. Yeah. Um, again, the stress, I think the lack of stress. And I think there's something to be said. If you do a job that you don't necessarily love, um, it, it forces you to want to do what you actually like, which is actually yeah. a really great motivator. You know, so um, I think there's also not many people, but there's a few people out there that are like really prideful or they're like really undisciplined and they just don't want to. They yeah. say they under the guise of I'm unable to, they say they say I'm unable to, but really they just don't want to work for somebody else. So for a time, some of the just people that I enjoy money. working with the most actually work regular day jobs. Yeah. And like it's music is not their side thing. It's still their goal, their priority, their this and that. Their side job is just a means to an end. Um, but they, uh, the one thing they've always communicated is like, you still have to like it, you know, yeah. make it music adjacent if you have to. Yeah. Um, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. So, um, like, you know how many people like Guitar Center, Westlake, a Vintage King, PSA? Those are good jobs, too. Yeah. Like, they all still work in music. And a lot of them, like, some of them are, like, platinum, gold record. Some of them are Grammy-nominated, Grammy-winning. I remember my supervisor, uh, Sam Ash, when I first started working there when I was, like, 21, he was Grammy-winning, like, twice over. And he was like, oh, I mainly work here because, like, it's easy money. It's on the side. It helps me pay my bills. But I also get discounts on all the gear, so it's easier to buy gear. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, that's a lot of benefits. I think you should prioritize happiness and balance more than yeah. forcing music to be your income. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think it's necessarily like mutually exclusive, like you're either happy, but I also don't think that it's like, it goes together all the time too. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that find that they finally are able to make a reliable income for music, but they're fucking miserable. And they, yeah. I think it's how you get there. Um, the expectations that you set, et cetera. So there's a lot of nuance to that. We won't go into it. Um, so I, I, I like working with people like as it's really interesting. Um, the older that I get and, Oh, do I even want to say this? I kind of don't want to say this. People won't really talk about this, but this is something that I've noticed. Mm. Um, as I start to make more money, mm -hmm. It's not as fun hanging out with people that always talk about money. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning, and you know who always talks about money? The people that don't have it. Ah, uh, yes. It's not like I, like you'll notice if you ever talk to someone rich and you start talking to them about money, they don't really like talking about it. Yeah. Like it's not because there's shame. It's because everybody that gets it knows that it's not about money. Yeah. Like, not everything is about money, but until you have money, you don't realize that. Yeah. So if you grew up in a wealthy family, you know that it's not about money. Yeah. And then if you grew up in a poor family, like you really believe that it's like it's all about money. And it's like until you break the the cycle and you finally make some money, you're it's really hard to realize that. It's kind of like yeah. trying to prepare someone to be a parent. Yeah. It's like there's no way you can like give all the advice, but it's like every child is different, every situation is different. It's like yeah. you got it. There's no way to prepare you, or like how to for training for a marathon. No matter what you do, the first marathon is gonna fucking suck. It just <laughs> no matter how how much you train for that shit, it's just it's just gonna suck. You know, yeah. like whatever. Um. Anyway, sorry that was unrelated. That that is something that is kind of like unspoken that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Um. Nobody at the top is talking about how they're greedy, how they're making money, or it's like how it's it's I think the people that are asking the most questions are usually aspiring to get to that point, but they haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah. They, they just, they're just unaware of it yet. So what is the lesson that we're trying to take out of that? Like realize, I think the most like, important thing is like realize that in this moment right now, especially when you're young in your like teens or your twenties mm-hmm. and stuff, like it seems like it's going to feel like forever. Like you're just committed to poverty for the rest of your life. But the thing it is, it doesn't have to that. be. Like think about, we, we've brought this up before, but I, I see it all the time. We see people all the time that assume that success also means that you have a ton of gear and you have a really nice studio. Um, and how do people afford that? You know, they, some people go into debt. Some people work with people who just have an abundance of gear and that just ends up at their studio. Some people have an abundance of money, but not actual practicality or clientele. And they just go out and buying it, uh, assuming that it's going to pan out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, seeing a bunch of money and seeing a bunch of gear doesn't always mean success all the time. We, we know a lot of trust fund babies who just have gear and that's fine. We know people who have worked really hard and bought gear and that's fine, but they still don't even know what they're doing with it. I think a lot of times when you see people like, uh, you know, for instance, like we can look at this desk here and say, okay, well, where did DK get it? Did he get sponsored or and all that? Is that the podcast is like, no, I'd say only one piece of gear could only ever be considered that. You know what I mean? You could look at my entire studio and I think maybe some headphones could be considered that. Everything is just hard work. And people who work really hard know that it's like, dude, it's a lot to get this. So yes, I have it. And yeah, it's cool and it's shiny, but it actually is a lot more than just a cool and shiny piece. That was hours of my time. That was hours of work, trust that we had to build and everything. That's what paid for it. It wasn't the money that paid for it. It's the hard work that paid for it. It was the relationships I built that paid for it. All right, James Clear. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. Uh, getting, it's about the habits, dude. It's about changing your personal identity. Yeah, so uh, that's at least that's what I was hearing. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I think it's a really good point. I have my moments. These, uh, you have a lot of moments, Lou. Yeah, they're, they're, but, uh, they're not many, but yeah. No, I, that, I literally <laughs> just said you had a lot. <laughs> that was uh, one of those. <laughs> no, I think um, you're right. Like for me, this is in a really weird way. Like you should consider gear to not just, like to be, I think you should look at gear as trophies that you get from having a great financially successful year. That's how I look at my to office. Avoid, yeah, to use as tax breaks. That's why I like the aesthetic part where they're like, oh yeah, you can make more money from aesthetics. You could also feel a lot more pride in aesthetics. You know, when you walk into a badass room and you're just like, fuck yeah, that's mine. You look at your wife and you're like, fuck yeah, she's mine. Yeah. Uh, you know, also, you, just, go, yeah. you know, it's, it's pride, you know, it, and that's why it's like, you ever hear, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to associate it to this, but it's because I feel like it ties in just a weird way. You ever hear about like guys that are like, oh yeah, I sleep with a different girl every week. I don't hang out with anybody like that. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, don't, I, I, know, I personally I know. don't know anybody. That I, I, that. I hear it all the time from like people that I like know and stuff just cause I guess I hang out with a lot of dogs. They got the dog in them. Woof. You yeah, know, so but I, I don't. I'm not judging you for it. I no, 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 no. That made it sound no, no, really no. judgmental. No, no, no. But uh, nonetheless, the idea behind it is this: like, I always hear about that, and then I hear the complaint. But none of them are like solid this and that, blah blah. blah. And it's like, well, you got to invest in relationships, and you got to invest in the right types of relationships and everything. So whenever I look at my wife and like, fuck yeah, I'm proud that I'm married and shit. I'm proud I don't have to deal with all this other extracurricular shit because that means I invested properly. That's right. You know, so when you look at your studio and you don't feel that way, maybe you're just buying gear and you're like, why doesn't it pan out? How come I have all this gear and it's not panning out? Now I'm in debt. Now I'm this. It's like you invested in the wrong thing. It wasn't investing in gear that got you the gear. Yeah. 
Um, I want to briefly change topics real quick to yeah. talk about ways of earning money that I think is like healthy and, and can get you to different things. Like you talked about doing sales like Guitar Center, Sweetwater, some some, some sort of like music retail. The reason why that's great is especially as a beginner, you mm-hmm. it you to sell the items, they train you. Like if yeah. you work at Guitar Center, there's a whole training thing where you watch videos to learn about yeah, the gear. all the different types of the gear. So it's a really great for learning what the gear does. Yeah. I think that was really great for the learning aspect at the beginning of my career because I used to do Guitar Center before I went full-time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was uh, there's also like uh, someone in the comments on YouTube is saying like, would you guys recommend music students to work for other engineers or studios as a runner or assistant? I think that's actually really great as yeah. well. Um, potentially, I mean, every path Depending is different, your, but I think yeah. that's like, I think it's okay. There are music based jobs to help you get to where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having a music based job can be actually, I think it's a really great introduction because then it forces you to think about whether or not you actually want to do this. Yeah. Especially if you can get in early and you find out, holy cow, working at a studio is hectic, too crazy for me. I don't like it. Um, that's better to find out early. Yeah. To be honest, we've had people who have interned for us who, after like running their first session, they're like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. They, I thought I did, but I don't. Yeah. So uh, I think in general, like if you're a student or younger or you you, you don't want to do school or something like that, um, having a stable day job is very normal. I think yeah. being able to keep up with your bills. I think uh, creating, building the self-discipline to be able to stay out of debt, the building the self-discipline to not spend outrageous amounts of money, to be able to focus on what's important, that self-discipline is going to help you build your career more than anything that you could buy. Mm-hmm. by like more than 10 to a hundred fold. Yeah. Like, like there's not a single person that I know of yeah. that is successful as in the music industry. Like I'm generalizing it because I'm being dead serious right now. Like I don't, I can't think of maybe one or two people that like, I can't think of anybody that's like really successful in the music industry that doesn't have an insane amount of self-control. Yeah. Uh, honestly, in anything, let's just be honest in yeah. anything. And sometimes it comes from like a really unhealthy way place where they're like, you know, their parents beat them. So they, they're like really insecure. And like, that's why they're always <laughs> I can't like, fail. that's why they're like, they're like too hard on themselves. But like, m- regardless of where it comes from, yeah. sorry, that was really dark. I apologize. But regardless of where it comes from, I think that self-discipline of being able to hold down a job, being able to communicate clearly, being able to um, reply to people, being able to it's set It's all in the personality. Yeah, I think um, that's super important. One of the general managers it's funny i tie back to sam ash again but one of the general managers at sam ash uh dan to hate uh he told me something once that like dan to hate dan to hate dude dare to hate dare to hate (laughs) dare to hate dan to hate (laughs) no but um he was he was honestly like probably one of the best managers i've ever worked with to this day like what made him a good manager um, well, this quote will be a fun one. He's like, uh, you know, I can train you on any piece of technology. It doesn't really matter what it is and what question I ever ask you, but I can't train you on your personality. I only hire people that I actually believe in their personality. I could give a shit if you don't know anything. I can teach you. Yeah, that's true. Um, your personality is what makes you succeed. It's not the gear or how much you know about the gear. It's not how many manuals you read. It's how many people you actually effectively help along the way and if that's true if that's true for a low tier 
floor retail floor salesman job, it's then how true. much more true is it when you are your own fucking company? Yeah, you imagine your you're brand. the one that has to be accountable for yourself. It's easy to say, well, I don't care. Who am I going to yell at? Myself? It's like, listen, um, when I first started recording, I showed up in every session with fresh press shirts, fresh everything, cologne and all that kind of stuff because... I wanted to set the right example. I wanted to shake the right hands and make sure that everybody was on the same page as each other in the idea that I'm taking this seriously. Um, when I became um, a, a sales manager and I had to actually train the new guys coming in and actually make sure that sales were actually hitting their mar uh, marks. And so, one, I actually made less money if they didn't hit their mark. So I was already bothered if they didn't <laughs> hit their mark, you know? That's one way to put pressure on. Yeah, but... Um, I always had an issue with those that didn't have the personality. And it wasn't that the issue is that, oh, they're too young or this and that. It's like, no, this personality is easily adopted into your life in an early stage of life, especially like in your teen years and this and that. Um, but when you're a growing adult, let's say you're 21, you still have a chance to mold your personality by the time you hit 30 it's significantly harder to break molds yeah um it's harder to lose weight you yeah. know but uh, the idea here is that if you're just starting and you're wondering how soon can i get it forget about how soon on a financial level worry about how soon on a relationship level if you build the right relationships you would be surprised how fast you can go from 15 an hour to 50 an hour it could literally be your next job but the only way you get to that job is building trust and, you know, honestly nourishing the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you buy gear. You don't buy it with credit. You don't buy it with the cash that was supposed to go to rent. And you don't buy it because you think it's going to make you more money immediately if somebody sees you with it. Because I hate to fucking tell you, if you're in L.A., everybody has it, including their grandmother. Yeah, and as far as like the order of which gear to buy, I think people want to know um, what's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're monitor snobs, but <laughs> um, I would say in general, you should expand on your abilities rather than to get a better version of the thing you already have. Yeah. For example. Um, if you don't already have acoustic treatment, you should probably get acoustic treatment. If you don't, if you don't have headphones, you should probably get headphones. If you if you don't have a sturdy mic stand, you should probably get a sturdy mic stand. Especially you know if you're planning on buying a heavy mic. Yeah, you should probably buy things for their function and the practicality of it. For example, mm -hmm. like having a fucking nice Varimu compressor is awesome, mm -hmm. but I would never recommend that. Like, that's not something that I would recommend before acoustic treatment, before nice monitors. If you don't this. understand compression, but you understand you really want this compressor, there's a backwards order in that. What? There's a backwards order in that? Yeah. Oh, so if you, if you don't understand how compression works, but you really want a tube sack CL1B, it's like, why do you want it? You don't even know how to use it. Yeah. So as far as like practical advice on order of gear, just like, just try to expand like the offerings that you do have. Like if you have yeah. clients that want to come in, like again, it might be a lamp. It might be like lamps. It might be a curtain. Yeah. You know, it might, it might be a nicer mic stand. And you'd be surprised how many people are in the box. I'm just saying. Yeah. The number one mixer in the world, Serban Ganea, is notoriously Completely in, the, in box. the box. Completely yeah. in the box. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Tucci. Uh, very, very popular mastering engineer right now. Um, He's in the hip hop getting, realm. Yeah, in the hip hop realm. Um, 
completely in the box. In fact, um, anytime I see photos of his space, I always get inspired to downsize. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just a couple of acoustic panels on gobos, one like behind the monitors, like a cloud. And it looks like it's like maybe an extra area in his space or something like that. But he's still extremely effective. And if nothing else, it's a great sign of proof that, no, you do not need the very Mew or Fairchild or whatever you think you need to be successful. It's it's not that. He's successful because of his relationships. Yeah. And he's good at what he does. His, his, his yeah, career. more than anything that. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh... Anyway, so I th- I don't know I don't I don't think there's much more to go on this on this topic on this episode. Yeah, we could keep ranting about it, but to be clear, like it's just super important not to go into debt for anything. It's super important to not necess- we're not telling you to save money necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but I think gear is not the goal you should have. Having a rack full of compressors and EQs, hardware compressors and EQs is not what's going to make you happy. Nope. Having balance in your life and being able to pay rent without worrying is going to make you happy. Yeah. And that is not necessarily correlated. Having gear in your racks and being able to pay rent and be live stress-free, that's yeah. not necessarily cor- correlated. So um, that's something that's really important. People don't talk about it. Again, this podcast is entirely directed. The purpose of this podcast is to help uh, give people practical advice and talk about the nuances for people that want to make money and make a living off of being an engineer, yeah. not just engineering. So this is something that if you are a hobbyist and, and a purebred hobbyist, like you know in your heart that you don't want to necessarily make money off of this, um, then the conversation entirely changes. I yeah. think that is, you know, it's it's okay to put money into your hobbies as long as you don't go into debt for it. Yeah. Um, do things because you want uh, and I think that through hard work, through self-discipline, through responsibility, you will be able to earn the things that you want, which kind of goes back to the previ- one of the previous episodes where we talked about um, um, keeping things interesting, gamifying everything, yeah. being curious, you know, and, and working with constraints. Like the re- part of the reason why hardware is fun is because it's slower and it's a big yeah. constraint, you know. And uh, anyway, I, I don't think, I think we're just like riffing now. There's not yeah. much meat left in this, in this topic. Is there potatoes? Yeah, sure. We're just we're just on the string beans right now. <laughs> oh no. It's just a plate full of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just MSG. All right. Uh anyway, we appreciate y'all coming in, hanging out with us. Um, if you like this podcast, then the freest way to help us, the freest, the freest way to help us grow and to share this message with everybody is by rating the podcast five stars on your preferred platform. Whether yeah, that's, five stars is more better for us. <laughs> it's the freest way and it's more better for us. <laughs> uh, so on that note, and if you want more episodes that are specifically about the technical aspects of mis- mixing, how to use a compressor, how to use widening tools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, go to mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive for exclusive content where we do 20-minute bite-sized episodes about the nuance of technical tips that we pull from other engineers. Uh, really great, really awesome. Uh, James does a good job with that star stuff. And uh, on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.